Hello everyone, welcome to You Are Loved in Christ. Speaker Diwana L. Canders, today's topic, The Persistent Friend. Persistent prayers produce visible fruit, especially in friendships. Sometimes when we don't know the right words to say or the right thing to do for someone who is our friend, the best thing to do is to stand in the gap for them and pray. Jesus encouraged us to be bold and consistent in our prayers. Jesus uses the example of the parable of the persistent friend to teach this parable, which comes out of Luke 11, chapter 5, verse through 10, verse, which signifies perseverance to the fullness, even when we feel like giving up. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Verse 6. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. Verse 7, And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Verse 8, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. That comes from Luke 11, chapter 7, verse through 8, verse. Here in the scriptures, Luke 11, chapter 5, verse through 8, verse, the action of the persistent friend was to receive bread for his friend in need and to keep requesting his need from a friend of whom he knew could help him. The persistent friend kept asking for himself and for another, and because of his persistence and shamelessness, Jesus said that his request to and for his friend will be answered. We may be on the brink of a breakthrough for someone else's life, including ours, and we will just keep praying, asking, seeking, and knocking. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. That comes from Luke 11, chapter 9, verse through 10, verse. The persistent friend knows that it is important and valuable to reach God early and to keep God first in friendships and relationships. And this is where we get off track when we're in relationships, whether in a marriage, you're dating, or as friends, or even dealing with groups of people. We, we tend to get off track when we don't involve God first. That also, that also includes when we include God first, which the word of God states, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things shall be added unto you. That means that God is at the forefront of, of the head of the, that particular relationship, that particular group, that particular uh, friendship, and that or marriage or dating relationship. And that means that God is actually, um, we should be putting the principles of God first, the obedience uh, uh, of what God expects from us first. So we, we, we don't find ourselves in a predicament where God is not able to, we're not giving God control to help us through any type of infractions in the relationships that may or may not occur. 
we are then also able to see and move through the see through the eyes of God of how God sees the relationship how we how we do that is is by knowing what scripture has to say about relationships and what scripture has to say about us as individuals a persistent friend is a friend that is going to be delved in the word of God not only in the word of God but in their actions in their thought life in how they treat others do they treat others with respect do they show unconditional love to others are they mindful of other people's feelings or 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 how they're engaging with other people are they mindful of that It's very valuable to know what God has to say, what God thinks, how God feels, what God wants, what God's perfect will is for any relationship, friendship, marriage, dating, or any type of groups that we're in. It's very important that God is first. And if we don't have God first, that forfeits the relationship. A persistent friend puts God first in everything. Why does it forfeit that? Because then God can make a choice not to bless your relationship. He can make a choice. He can remove his blessings. Because you're not in obedience. You're not letting him have control. You're not, you're, you're not seeking his face about what his will is, about the marriage, the relationship, uh, the dating relationship, the any type of uh, groups that he may feel that you should be connected to. What is God's perfect will for your life in your friendships and relationships? So that has to be looked at. Uh, if you find yourself turmoil a lot in your relationship and you're unevenly yoked and you don't see eye to eye and it's not prospering only prospering because of your there's a difference of someone once told me years ago you know uh, I've heard people teach this over and over let God make your way there's a difference of you making your way and God making your way you don't have Individuals don't have the strength to hold relationship a relationship together. They don't. And if God is not at the center as a persistent, a persistent friend is driven. I'm driven when it comes to loyalty. When it comes to clarity, loyalty, transparency, I'm driven like never before. It's a high factor. And I'm well-leveled. An internal locus of control, an external locus of control. I know how to walk in community and have community be a great blessing. At the same time, I know how to fly as an eagle and my internal locus of control in that area is off the Richter scale. So at any given time when 
an individual is not a persistent friend in my life. I do not have a problem of letting them go. Because a persistent friend in my life, the traits of a persistent friend is the exact traits of God himself. Of characteristics and personality. And fruits of the spirit. A a persistent friend should be offering love, joy, peace. Perseverance. Love is not selfish. It's not rude. It's not abusive. A persistent friend is going to have the fruits of the spirit. A persistent friend is going to show loyalty. A persistent friend is going to be able to give clarity and transparency without you having to pry it out of them. I choose my friends off of personality and fruits of the spirit. If it's not there lined up with the word of God, then it's not an evenly yoked friendship. Some people talk about evenly yoked relationships. There's a such thing as evenly yoked friendships. So you can't be my friend if you're not evenly yoked with me. It's not, it won't happen. It's not a possibility. I will pray for you, but other than that, you can't be a friend. A persistent friend has the characteristics of God. A persistent friend doesn't always bring upsetness or uh, overbearingness or, or negativity. They bring joy, peace. It's something about them and your connection with them where they elevate and elevate your life and bring substantial blessings in many different ways uh, in the friendship, in the relationship, and they do. At the same time, the persistent friend does not give up when they see an individual who is trying but struggling. The persistent friend does not give up because they do not see results in in, in change or what whatever the case may be in the circumstance. Every circle, every matter is different. Because they trust and have faith until the evidence is seen. Each of us needs a persistent friend who knows the value and importance of not giving up. Who knows the value of perseverance and persistence. So, I I want to make it clear after speaking what I just spoke that... Yes... A persistent friend knows the value of perseverance and persistence. But a persistent friend has to know when to persist. And when to persevere. And how to persist. And how to persevere. 
being that relationships and friendships are very delicate, especially if there's a breakdown in loyalty and trust and transparency and clarity, then it can be either a positive or a negative in the life or lives of others that they are trying to persist in or persevere in in the friendship or relationship. So it has to be a, a, a moment to decipher when is the right time to persist and to persevere. When is the right time to let go? And when is the right time just to wait and be still until it's time to persist and persevere? Some individuals find it hard to accept that. They don't want to accept that maybe it's not the time for you to persist or persevere. Sometimes that's because they want to hang on because they see the other person prospering and they want to prosper or grow with them. And that's not, There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, when there's been a breakdown in loyalty, if there's a breakdown in loyalty and transparency and clarity, and that's never been fixed, then it may not be the proper time for them to persist or persevere or they may have to really think about is there still an open door for them to do that but I want to say another part of a persistent friend a persistent friend also sees brokenness and also is able to see where different breakdowns are and they do not give up. They persist and they persist until wholeness happens. And like I said, individuals have to decipher which one, which way God is God's will is for them at that time to persist as a friend. Is God asking you to be still and wait to persist and wait to persevere in a relationship? Is he telling you, no, don't give up. Keep doing what you're doing until you see the wholeness. The fruition of the wholeness of where the breakdown took place. It's about finding the right communication factors to implement so that those barriers are actually dealt with out in the open, out in the table, out the elephant out of the room so that you can move on and persist and persevere in that friendship or relationship.
individuals, some individuals are not quite sure of how to persevere as a friend and make sure that they are whole in the midst of helping another person become whole. So they're they're not for sure of how to go about doing uh, walking out or pilgrim to be able to pilgrimage such a such a journey in order to overcome what is ailing the relationship. So some people will try to go off of what they've already, what they know from past experience of dealing with others. And some people go off of what they've learned from, which, which really dealing with others is their learned environment. But then other people will, will try to go off of what they have gained from experience of, you know, even education or from their clergy or from advice from others and really the person that they should be getting the information from is from God himself if they're unsure about the proper way on how to be bring about the openness of the situation to bring it out in the open Basically, there should be ice, what I call an icebreaker. Some people want to say, oh, well, some people, you know, need closure. But the thing is, is that closure is fine, but you need a icebreaker to open the doors for the closure. And so the only way that you need a, a sort of what I, not sort of, of what I call a transition. It's, just, it's as if as an author, you move from one paragraph to the next paragraph and you're transitioning from one paragraph to the other. So eventually there will be at the end of the first paragraph or the first chapter, there will be a moment, there will be a time where they will use a transition sentence to transition into the next topic or subject that they will be speaking about. And so it's the same way with relationships or with being a persistent friend. Finding finding the tra- finding the actual transition starts with looking over the situation or the matter at hand and finding the main in authorship we will call it the main idea but the main crisis of what is ailing the ailing the friendship and being able to take that to use it in a more modified sense in order to speak it without it being so 
uncomfortable for without it being uncomfortable to the point to where the person may not want to be as open as you would like for them to be. Transitions in relationships when it comes to uh, the communicative part of relationships start with actually being able to be open with one another, but at the same time being sensitive to the fact that being open with one another with the what, what you want to speak about, but at the same time being aware that there may be some sensitive factors that they may not be ready to deal with here or want to even talk about. So you're finding a way of transitioning from what happened to what you would like to see happen, which is the transitioning part of what you would like to see happen. I know this happened, but I would like to see this happen. So what can be done in between, what can be done to mend the, the, the instance of what happened, which that can't be changed to what you, I would like to see happen. I would say I, but it will really be you speaking that to that individual so that they will be able to absorb and take in what you are trying to say. They will understand at that point, okay, well, there's a, there's a, this is what happened before A, B, C, D, and this is what is going on now, and this is where we, or they were like for this communication or this, uh, these variables to be changed or where they would like for everything to go later down the line in, in, um, communication with one another and in friendship with one another. So communication plays a big part in how we effectively transition from the barrier or the heartache or whatever's going on with the with the friendship to move the friendship of one of equally yoked persistent and perseverance on both parts persistent friends actually do not give up on relationships not unless there are extenuating circumstances where a lot where it allots that and communication is a big part of that and when we're communicating in relationships with people there are three C's to remember conflicts are a normal part of communities finding common ground to solutions this includes relationships and friendships. That is only when the conflicts that arise service our fellow neighbors or worshipers or friendships in the manner of constructive criticism. Paul oftentimes in the New Testament urges fellow followers in ministry 
to resolve conflicts from the book of Corinthians to Philippians. Resolving issues considerably with churches in turmoil and those who were considered to be at peace. Those accounts can be found in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and Philippians 4, chapter 23, verse. There are three suggestions, if looked at and applied correctly, can alleviate and resolve conflict or relationship barriers, putting relationships back on track and friendships back on track. So let me just say friendships because I want to speak in a generalized text. So just know when I say friendships or relationships, that means marriage, dating, friendships, relationships, any type of relationship or community or environment that you're in, it takes proper communication to move and transition communication, conversation, and community. There must be commitments in the areas of communication, conversation, and community. First, we must make a commitment to communication. Communication is simply a sharing of information. Communication is a practical function that helps identify opportunities, challenges, strengths, and weaknesses. For some reason, in relationships, we often believe that not communicating at all is preferable to addressing a disagreement or conflict. Christians must be committed to active communication, the constant sharing of information with others. We must not become ashamed to share our weaknesses with one another. And that's what happens in a, in a, in a friendship or relationship. We have a weakness and we don't want to share it because of many reasons. But the most reason that is most found statistically wise is because they feel ashamed. So therefore they hesitate to share their weakness, but actually we're supposed to share in each other's weaknesses. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That comes from James 5th chapter, 16th verse, New International Version. If we confess our sins, then the, then the church is more effectively put into place or relationships are more effectively put into place to pray for the body of Christ and for their friendships, specifically and fervently. It is our responsibility to intervene with each other in order to turn each other from error. The path to make this communication effective and helpful is influenced by the second commitment, which is conversation. Conversation is enhanced conversation. It can be best described as a place or environment where communications can be explored, massaged, and experimented with. Conversation is where we seek to understand others and where we try to help others understand us. If we were to describe conversation in our daily lives, we would think of personal give and take conversations, normally pleasant and amicable. Respect for the other person is essential. In fact, we most often associate conversation with talking between friends. Several things happen in friendly give and take conversations. Individuals usually give each other the benefit of the doubt. 
So when you're in a friendship, and you know there's been a breakdown, and you and you want the to to pursue as a persistent friend, you you have to give the other person the benefit of the doubt. You have to give each other the benefit of the of the doubt. That that is the key of not giving up. And at the same time, I would like to interject that when you're giving each other the benefit of the doubt, that you are not taking advantage of that to just keep doing the same thing over and over to hurt them or to push them away or to speak negative things. That's not good. If they're giving you the benefit of the doubt and you're still doing the same negative things to them, projecting the same negative thoughts, the same negative speech, the same negative actions, all of those things need to cease because it's pushing them away. I know when individuals do that, it pushes me away. I don't want to, I don't want to engage with them because I am the type of person, I, I do give chance after chance after chance, but when it becomes habitual, then I'm just like, okay, you, you individuals and myself and yourself will begin to wonder are, are they are they is this individual just taking advantage of me because remember a persistent friend has the trace of loyalty has the trace of transparency clarity so a persistent friend is going to give their all a persistent friend nurtures that's what another thing a persistent friend does. Whether it's a male-female friendship or or the same sex friendship or whatever. You you're you're nurturing your friendship. You're exhorting. You're 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 you have high hopes for them. You speak those high hopes out of your mouth. You're 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 with them through thick and through thin. Not just when you want something, not just when you wanna, you know, just uh, you know, show up when you want to. They accept what's presented, presumably, or without judgment, a persistent friend does. In other words, until they learn differently. They don't pick at the other person's aspect regarding what has happened or what needs to be changed. They learn the flow of their conversations, whether that may be one person talks first, then the other person listens, or both parties allowing each other to fluently communicate completely throughout the entire conversation using a back and forth mode of communication. I've met people who have have different ways of communicating some like to speak and then let you speak but then I meet others who are like me where it's a back and forth flow of the conversation they'll say a little I'll say a little they'll say a little I'll say a little so they're using a back and forth mode of communication so it just depends on your type of communication Conversation is enjoyable when the pattern of conversation is understood between each individual. This leaves open room to build sound relationships. With that being said, friends feel comfortable in asking questions and pointing out other perspectives. That's why it's important to come together to really speak 
and not ignore one another when there's when there's when there's hurt or harm or you feel uneasy with one another you have to say something you have to say something And if you don't, then you just leave the door open for the persistence not to be there, the perseverance not to be there. There's no such thing as being persistent or persevering or being a persistent friend incognito. If you're a persistent friend, you're not ashamed to be a person's friend. You're not. You can boldly say to another person that you're a friend with and who doesn't even like the person that you want to be friends with. Listen, I want to be friends with that person as well as be friends with you. So I'm not going to hide that I want to be that person's friend. And I'm not going to treat that person badly because you don't like the person or you're insecure about the person or you're insecure about the friendship. That's what a persistent friend does. Persistent friends also let the their friend the their friendship with a person flourish in other people's lives. They don't try to control, try to, you know, oh, you can't do such they don't do that. Because when you're doing that, it's showing God that you don't trust him. Your actions are saying God is not at the God is not at the forefront of that relationship. And then that person feels well, I've seen it time and time again, even just recently, and it just keeps happening over and over. And then that person wants to pursue the friendship. But then you have the other person who doesn't want that. So because that's happening, the other person doesn't want that individual as a friend either. The individual that already has a, has, is already in a friendship, when that individual wants to pursue a friendship and you're constantly a barrier in between it, then that causes the other person to say, listen, I, I don't want you as a friend either. Because there are some things that God ordains for people to receive from one another. And if you're always in the way, then you're stopping God from doing his work. So a lot of that has to deal with maybe insecurities. And if that's the case, then those are two different friends on different sides of the track. And then it's up to the persistent friend to deal with the issue with the insecurity with one friend and whatever's going on with the mending with the other friend. And all friendships and relationships should be like this. I've met, I've met, I have a friend, um, brother Scott, my spiritual father, that's his son-in-law. As long as I've known Brother Scott and 
Pastor King, who was actually, uh, was just Philip at the time, because I met him when he was 16, before he even married Sister Tamika, his, uh, his older brother. Brother Scott is married to his younger daughter, to my spiritual father's younger daughter. Brother Scott and I would talk on the phone for hours. His wife knew, and he talks to other people on the phone too, male and female. Because there's a such thing as barri- uh, as boundaries, not barriers, boundaries. You as a woman or a man know when you're giving off cues of uh, uh, attraction or intimacy to someone. You know that. When you're friends and you're strictly platonic, that doesn't happen. And Sister Diana has never went off or interfered with any of it. Never. Because Dr. Derek A. Reeves taught us all, even me. And that is why my baby Rose with her father, when we were decided not to be together, it, no matter who I was with, even with him, I won't get into a big testimony, but we've always had a really good friendship. I mean, he talks to me about a lot of things. Matter of fact, he just called the, I mean, sent a message the other day. A lot of different things. A lot of different things. Some people have to learn that there is a such thing as boundaries. Just because you, uh, we were taught at Dr. Derek H. Research, the reason why I brought that up about even my ex-husband and my baby's father and different things of that nature. The reason why I brought that up is because you should be at the point where with you, if you're with a person, if you're with them, when you break up with them, if, if you're not with them ever again, that when you meet somebody that they know as a friend or not as a friend, if they're more than a friend, you should be so insecure, male or female. I'm talking to males and females at this point. You should not be so insecure that even when you're in a relationship to tell someone that they can't be friends with other people, that is very, very insecure. And I was trained, taught, not trained, taught that by Dr. Derek A. Reeves when I was young. And so were all the young people in the church. He said, if you're married or you're dating someone, he said, you just can't say that they can't have a male or female as a friend you ought to be secure enough and know that in your marriage or in your friendship that they are not stepping out on you or cheating on you or now if they gave you vibes and they didn't then that needs healing and it should not be taken out on a person who they want to be friends with that's something personal that you will have to deal with with that individual. That has nothing to do with the person's friends. Now, as a persistent friend, when an individual sees that happening, male or female, you're supposed to pray for the couple.
not interject all your advice, your your subjective opinions, and you're supposed to pray that the relationship is healed. And if there's a broken down friendship, and individuals see that, they're supposed to pray that the friendship is healed. God really does desire to see restoration and reconciliation of relationships. He does. That's the truth. That's his nature. But at the same time, God does give leeway if that's why it's a commandment to love and forgive, but it's a choice to reconcile. So again, with that being said, friends feel comfortable in asking questions and pointing out other perspectives. Why do you feel this way? Why do you have this insecurity? What is going on? How can we come together to make this better? When are you going to trust me again? How long... How long do you think it will be before trust comes back? That's a legit question. That's a legitimate question. It is. Especially when the same things have been done over and over and over to violate the trust. They can ask about feelings and express their emotions. In conversations, friends can most often arrive at agreement. The importance of relationships is reflected in the third commitment, community. Regardless of the outcomes of communication and conversation, church leaders and members must remain firmly committed to community. That includes with relationships. Do you, re- do you really realize that? Actually, I'm pretty sure you realize this, but relationships and friendships are a community. Some people have many friends. That's, that's a community of friends. How do you handle them all if you have three or four you have a conflict with and you have the rest well on a positive note. How do you just let them go, block them, you know, get rid of them, or if you block them, is it temporary? When I say get rid of them, I mean just cut them off completely. Or do you find a way to try to rejuvenate the friendships? That's a great way to actually bring in the fortitude of well-balanced, well thought out garnered relationships the toughest I I found that the toughest thing to do in a relationship when trust has been broken loyalty has been broken and different things of that nature the the hardest thing that I found is to uh, be, be able to wait until we see the fruition of a turnaround 
to where it, there is clarity, there is transparency, there is trust. This act, this actually takes practice, and I'm saying that because the practice starts with not throwing away every single friendship. If you find yourself during the year, every every year that rolls around or every so often uh, a, a moment runs around and you're actually blocking and deleting people all the time on a, on a regular basis, then that is not being a persistent friend to sit still and garner, uh, to push yourself in resiliency to find out what that friendship needs. And how to better yourself in the friendship. Regardless of the outcomes of communication and conversation, church leaders, members, friendships must remain firmly committed to community. When we are in constant conflict, we are wandering from the presence, will, and blessings of God. We are. I like I when that's happening, I don't know how I would have been such a blessing to him or to her, or how he could have been such a blessing to me. Or she could have been such a blessing to me if I'm constantly pushing them away. If there's constant conflict, I don't know how the blessing, you know, how the blessing can't the blessing will be hindered. We're wandering away from the presence and will and blessings of God. When God is saying, no, no, no. I need you to come. I need you to connect. I need you to come together. I need you to uh, treat one another right. I need you to build trust. I need you to build transparency. That. We have been given a ministry of unity and reconciliation. The job of continually bringing people back to God through Jesus Christ and in our relationships and our, uh, bringing our people back to God through Jesus Christ, which includes God bringing us together in friendships and in relationships. Jesus and God should be at the center of that. God should be at the head of that. Jesus Christ should be at the center of all of it. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. That comes out of 1 John 17, chapter 23rd verse. If we lose sight of this call, if relationships, friendships, or Christians have no commitment to properly build relationships and community, peace will be hindered in those relationships, friendships, or in their church community. Broken relationships can become blessed relationships if we let God do the mending through his word. I said that in the beginning to apply the word of God and to keep God first in the relationships and the friendships. So this, this has always been one of my very favorite messages. The persistent friend. 
so this was this was actually first copyrighted in the year 2016 I'm looking at the copyright it's always been one of my favorite ones it was a uh, it, it's always been a, a journal blog and this is the first podcast for it but it is a very important message and it's one that brings healing every time I read it or uh, even speaking it now it, it, it brought healing it brings healing you you a persistent friend has the characteristics of pers- a pers- uh, perseverance loyalty trust It, uh, transparency, clarity. It has all of those. It has all of those traits and factors in it. So we have to make sure that, as you know, as it's said and often spoken, that live a well life. Well, engage in a well lived friendship with, with others. You want it to be the best that you can present. The best that you can get. So, in some friendships, I'm going to make a commitment today not to just give up. There are some, sometimes where God says, you know, that's enough. Then there's other times where God says, no, don't give up. Keep going. You keep praying for them. You keep standing in the gap for them. You keep being loyal, you keep being trustworthy, you keep persevering, and you'll see changes happen. And some people have to stand up bold in their relationships. I really feel the need to say that in their relationships and say, you know what, you're not my only friend. Therefore, whoever God ordains for me to be friends with, I'm sorry if you feel that insecure, but you're not my only friend. That's the only way to stop negativity or the adversary in his tracks to say, you know what? There are blessings and there are very important things that uh, there's blessings, there's the will of God, and there are there's the presence of God that is at stake every time you, the individuals come in with negativity, negativity or dissension to deter God-given ordained friendships it's, it's, it, it is and something has to be done about it Sometimes that takes speaking up to say, hey, I care for you, I love you, you're a friend, but no, you're not going to keep bringing chaos. And if you're in a relationship with a man or a woman, then you have to understand that they're about to have male and female friends. friends. And if for some reason that is an issue, then you're going to have to deal with your insecurities. will have to deal with your insecurities. The 
because that means that the relationship needs a hit it needs heal it needs healing whatever happened whatever took place you have to sit down you have to talk about it you have to heal you have to get him and if you don't want to talk about it some people are not just because they were in a relationship with you. I have to say this because this is part of being a persistent friend. This is not me. I'm not dating anyone, any of that. So please don't. This is this is just, this is the message of this. And I've written on relationships for many a years, for two different editors. And I still do in my work, in my, in my authorship. It is very important to realize that when you've broken off a relationship of one that you were actually dating the person or with the person, that yes, you can be a friend, um, but you don't have to have them force you into being more than a friend. Or if you want to sever it all together because it's just until healing takes place or it's a conflict of interest. I, I don't know what the what the reason would be, but I'm just saying that just because a person dated another person doesn't mean they're obligated to still deal with that person. They're not. They're not obligated to still deal with that person. So then that's where it needs to be looked at. Is there manipulation taking place? Is there control taking place? All of those things have to be looked at because that still means that that individual is in need of a help. Control comes from fear. So when you're trying to control someone, that means that you're afraid that you're going to miss out on something or lose something from that person. Instead of you trusting God that whatever you desire, if it's in God's will, then it will be. If it's not in God's will, it's, it, it will be no peace. That's a fact. If it's not in God's will, it's going to be up and down, pull more, pull more, up and down, pull more, pull more. Like, as I said before, we have to be careful when we're in this, in our friendships and in our relationships, especially with the persistent friend. I'm specifically talking about friendships today at this time, and I know that I talked about other things, but we have to be very careful that we are in the will of God, that we're not, that we're not um, pushing away the will of God or the... Um, the, the, the will of God for our lives, the presence of God, and the blessings of God. So, as I said before, just know that broken friendships and relationships can become blessed relationships if we let God do the mending.
through his word, through his presence, through his word. So like, we, we don't want to push away individuals, uh, communities, groups, or people who can be a blessing to us, or friendships. So we want to make sure that we are protecting that. And how we protect that is by being persistent and not giving up. You are loved in Christ.